Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I will be sharing stories and talking with everyday people who will encourage, will inspire, and will motivate. Throughout my journey of life, I have been very lucky to meet many beautiful people with amazing stories of transformation and growth. Inspirate is here to bring out the best of you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Inspirate Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I thank you for subscribing, liking, and following Inspirate on whichever podcast player you listen to, and thank you for the likes and follows on Facebook and Instagram. During the next three episodes, you will listen to L.T. Griffin's story of transformation and growth. L.T. spent 13 years in a federal prison after pleading guilty to a drug charge. We will spend the next three podcasts talking about this journey. Podcast one is called Breathe Before the Storm. Two will be called Breathe During the Storm. And three will be called Breathe After the Storm. You will hear the story of L.T. Griffin from the time we met in 1997 to today and why I chose to call this series Breathe Before, During, and After the Storm. This podcast wouldn't be possible if it wasn't from the help of the Tory Foot and Ankle Specialist located in Homer Glen in New Lenox, Illinois. With fall sports starting soon, so will the unfortunate foot and ankle injuries of your young athletes and yourselves. Call Dr. Chris Vittori and Dr. Amit Dakrar at the Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist at 708-273-7080 and visit them at vittorifootclinic.com. Also, like and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy the show. So I got Big LT here. <laughs> he's got some theme music playing. He needs an intro like a WWE wrestler. Yes. Who are you listening to? What is that? I'm listening to All Day Music by War. By War. Yes. And this does it for you. This is like soothing. Yes. Get me in the mood. Get you in the mood. Get me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> All day. All right. Well, welcome to the Inspirate Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I have a special guest. This is our third uh, episode here with Inspirate, and... I have a dear friend of mine. We go back 23 years, 24 years. Yeah, 23, man, we're getting old. Yeah, (laughs) age is just a number, right, man? That's all it is. So I have LT Griffin here. LT and I, we go back almost two-plus decades, going on three decades. We're creeping to three decades. He's a teammate of mine. We've been through some wars at Olivet Nazarene University playing football. And LT came in. We both were 97 graduates mm-hmm. out of high school. LT was Rich South High School in the South Suburbs, and it's Richland Park. Yes. Right? I was coming out of Andrew High School in Timmy Park, and we crossed paths at Olivet Nazarene University. Coach Mike Conway brought us in. And we were uh, probably, I think, his first full recruiting class uh, coming into Olivet. Mm-hmm. So LT and I, we didn't really get to play against each other much just because we were both on scout teams our freshman year. And then our next year, we were both fortunate enough to play. We got a lot of playing time, and and we were young, you know, young guys on a very experienced veteran team. Our freshman year, we went to the Victory Bowl, and that was the, the Christian College National Championship. Sophomore year, we went to the National Championship. 
Azusa Pacific. Against Azusa Pacific. <laughs> and believe it or not, we lost, I think, a total of five points within 12 months in three games. That's it. We played Azusa Pacific first game our sophomore year. Pasadena, California. Pasadena. Then we played them uh, the 14th game our sophomore year, that same year, the national championship. Yep, in um, Tennessee. Hardin County, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then we played them three months later. Or n- not three months later. It was like maybe uh, seven months later, eight months later the first game of our third year at yes. all of that. And we lost to them by a point, by two points, by a point. So a total of four points. Yes. In about 12 months. Which my shoulders just start hurting thinking yeah, about that. Yeah, so it was my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that, then we won our conference. We won the conference championship my mm-hmm. junior year. And that was th- season three of LT&I. And then we, we parted ways. We had a little bit of a uh, football, I would say some football adversity. We were young. We're, I don't think we really understood what adversity was. I mean, we, we heard it. We heard that word. But uh, there was a, a little bit of a football change-up at all of that. And a bunch of us transferred out, and I was one of them. I went out to Geneva College in uh, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, just north of Pittsburgh. Beautiful, small uh, NAIA uh, institution. Uh, just a great football program. And then we played against each other our, our fourth year. I was yes. maybe senior, or I lose track. We'll be in our fourth year. Yeah, fourth. Year. fourth our fourth <laughs> year. And LT was playing, you were playing three technique at the time, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Three, three technique, five technique. Three and five. And I was playing guard. And we went against each other a ton yes. that game. And it was sort of like bittersweet, man. So we started the race together. We ended the race together. Because was yes. that your last season? Yes, it was. In 2000. Yep. Or 2000. Yeah, 2000. Two, 2000, 2001. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we, we started the race together. We finished the race together. Yeah, you and Norm double team me a whole lot. Yeah. Well, you're a load, <laughs> man. You're, you're a lot. You're a lot to double team. Yeah. So, big Norm. Big Norm Doherty. He's a, a, a great friend, offensive line. He played center, and he was with us from uh, 98 till 2000. And he's got a beautiful family living beautiful. in Cincinnati. He's got a, a little girl and a little boy and a beautiful wife. And. He's just killing it out of Cincinnati, but that, that was a lot of fun. And you blink your eyes, and it seems like it was yesterday. That's true. You know, it seems like it was yesterday. We were on that field cracking skulls, and now we're paying the piper for it. Yes. Every bit of it. So LT, <coughs> that's where we're. That's the history of LT and I. Uh, it's we go back quite some time to 1997. So after that year. Uh, everybody sort of splits apart, uh, on the most part, because a, a lot of guys come from different communities, right? They come from different lives. And on the offensive line side, I would say it's – I talk to those guys all the time. I see the offensive line guys, Big Norm. Uh, I haven't seen him in a little bit, but I talk to him. We talk on text. Terry, Parsons, Klanowitz, the colonel, who you just showed a, a, a photo of. He was at the game with his son and his fiance. In Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Cincinnati. And but there's a lot of other position groups because you're like a you're like a brotherhood. You're like in a giant family, right, with the football team. But then when you're in position groups, you're like in like different parts of the family, and you just lose track of some guys. Mm-hmm. And you 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 hear maybe through the grapevine or whatever. But social media wasn't happening in the early 2000s. Didn't think it became a thing until like 2007 and eight. I know it was around like 2006, but I didn't get on it until like 2007 and eight. Okay. And, and you really don't know what's going on with people. Everyone just loses track. Mm-hmm. You know, the cell phones just started coming out when we were getting out. Uh, you know, everyone had landlines. Like, heck, my roommate for two and a half years, Rob Pettigrew. And mm-hmm. I haven't heard from him in, in, in 20 years. I saw him on the uh, on our football, uh, 
the thing all the guys are on. What's uh, Marco Polo. Marco Polo. <clears throat> I saw him on Marco Polo. That was the first time I saw Pettigrew in, in 20 years. I saw him on an app. Yeah. And he still it, have a big old neck. Yeah. <laughs> this guy can hit, man. How about that? Yes. I, I, I can, I can um, vouch for that. So Pettigrew, <laughs> our junior year camp. He hit a dude so hard that Spread his face mask. Yeah, broke his face mask. Now that was a metal face mask, cracked part of his helmet, and his head swelled over his eye. It looked like mm-hmm. a boxer, and he had to sit out like two days of practice because he had s- such a swollen. And he, this is probably one of the strongest guys that I've I've ever met that never touched the weight. How yeah. often was he in the weight room? He'd show up, maybe check off the attendance <laughs> yeah, box and leave. And leave right back out. <laughs> leave right back out. Yes. But this guy, man, he can hit. And he can, he, he was Natural. a load. Natural. Just a gifted, a, a gifted, you know, gifted man with strength. But, man. you know, I, I would say this, and not to argue, but that Brad Thidpin was 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 a, was, a, was a hog, too. Yeah, out of uh, Kentucky. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, he <laughs> left after our uh, year two, after national championship year. Oh, wait, yeah. no, no, he was out of Georgia. Yeah, was because he, he broke the state rushing record in for, Georgia. Was it um, Herschel Walker? Was it? What was what was the Lions running back? Barry uh, Barry, Barry Sanders? Sanders. Did Barry come from out of Georgia? I don't know. It either was I was Herschel talking to Walker. Billy Stamper, but Thigpen he was out of Georgia. So either it was Herschel Walker, yeah, or um, Barry Sanders, yeah, high school rushing record. Yeah, he's pretty good. One of the two, yes. So, yeah, he, he was a load, just a southern boy. He, I didn't even know what Chaw was or, or Chew, and he comes in freshman year with his <laughs> lip puffed out. I'm like, what are you, like Bubba Gump son? Oh and he's God. like, no, it's accent, Chew. I'm like, accent. what? You can't understand get that about the accent. Couldn't understand him. It was southern accent. Now, like yes. our Chicago up here, they said we had an accent. I'm like, son, you got the accent. And what, what um the other guy, Ben. Ben, Ben. Ben Burke. Ben Burke. Ben Burke. Yes. He played running back, yes. farm boy. Another yes. guy that barely touched the weight. He came in, yes. did like 185 for the running back. He did it like 10 times. Like yes. he, he's been lifting weights his entire life, and you know, just a strong, strong. And the reason why I know all this guys because I knew I tucked, I touched them people every practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only had Ben run into my back. That was about it. If we yes. were in the, if I didn't move people out of the way, he would just run in my back. But those were good years, man. That was that was a lot of fun, and uh, I mean. 23 years later, 24 years later, sitting across, you know, sitting across the table with you. You know, I, I golfed the other day with, with uh, Kalinovich okay. and, uh, and Parsons. Okay. And uh, who else were with Kalinovich? Oh, my dad came out. And, okay. And it's just like I just see you guys. Like it was yesterday where I remember the smell of the grass at all of that, right when it was fresh cut at an 8 a.m. practice. Or the sound from the steel, that steel recycling factory mm-hmm. that was just north of there. You can hear that. You can hear it. Uh, there's just certain things that literally I, it'll take me back there like it was like it was yesterday. You know, even when fall comes, just the feel of the air. Yes. And it's time to go. Time to time to strap on the helmet. Yes. We, we got to bring it. Uh, the best times of my life, besides my children and my you know my family, mm-hmm. the best era of my life. Period. The best hands down that I would do it again in a heartbeat. Granted that I've I've had neck fusion. I've had cartilage replacements ruptured as i'm getting older ruptured tendons yes absolutely i'll do it again in a heartbeat no matter how many times we we were using our head which back then there was no problems with no. that bull in the ring yeah <laughs> you, you you would hit as hard as you can you want to taste <clears throat> iron because that's when you know you hit hard two but, a days in 100 degrees weather yeah yes. and do it again in a heartbeat 
yeah. do it again in a heartbeat. Like when I train now, I get excited. Like if it's warm, I, I love that feeling because it, it brings me back. It's almost like a with a like a sick. It's, it's a sick feeling where I enjoy the infliction of physical pain from training. Yeah, you're chasing that high again. It, that's what, that's it what it is. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It, it, chasing that high. And I, I'm getting a fraction of it. Nothing like how we did back in the day. But it's uh, those are memories. Yes. Those are memories. So we all, we all uh, went our separate ways when everyone was done playing football. Every now and then you might run into somebody. But I didn't run into you until, say, the 2017. 2017. Now, between 2000 and 2017, a lot of things happened for everybody. Good and bad. A lot of growth. What can you call it? Growth and transformation. And my, for me personally, I see even though it could be a bad situation, every bad situation is a positive situation because you, if you can learn from it and you can better yourself from it or you can teach somebody from a lesson, good or bad, it's positive, right? That's true. It's a positive. You're paying it forward. You know, you're, you're, you're paying for a lesson that you you learned, either that you had to sacrifice something for or that you had the pleasure of doing mm-hmm. one or the other. But either way, it comes out as a positive, no matter how negative, because it's a learning situation. You're able to help somebody, uh, not only help yourself, but you can help, you know, influence other people, you know, and direct them into the right path. That's true. <clears throat> so we split ways. Okay. I go my way. What did LT do? What happened? LT went on, um, as many people say, a vacation. Vacation. Now, explain a vacation. Now, I know the term vacation. I was in law enforcement for 13 years, worked in corrections uh, for two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, was it two years? Yeah, two years, two and a half years. So so did you go to, like, Cabo, Cancun? No, I didn't go to Jamaica. Yeah. I didn't go um, overseas yeah. to um, Italy, anything like that. I didn't go to... Um, LA and sit on the beach. I went to prison, federal prison. Federal for 13 prison. 13 straight years. Wow. And so, I don't know. What, what, how does this go about? Well, um, during my um, time in college, I was living two lives. I was Monday through Saturday. No, Monday through Saturday, um, Olivet Nazarene student slash um, student athletes Saturday night to Sunday night after the football game or after we get back from a um, away game right I'm Tino from the keyhole Tino from the keyhole I Tino that right. from the keyhole so Elsa I knew you as LT mm-hmm. and we did our football thing and I was as green and naive and Coming from Disneyland, suburbia, I think maybe I, we had maybe one black guy in our high school. Okay. That was it. And we were about as white as the board right behind you, that <laughs> dry race board. <laughs> and I have, I have no clue about anything. And one of the best things Coach Conway does is you're on a football team. Everybody's the same. We're all family. That's true. You know, I room with Pettigrew. I got cultured. Pedigree got cultured. Mm-hmm. We all learned from each other. Mm-hmm. We had our parties. We had a good time, right? We had our good times. The and we off the some, roof. Sometimes we're a little bit too good of times. But I had I had really no clue of a, a lot of like extracurricular activities that mm-hmm. were going on. I just wasn't looking for it. Like if you don't look for it, you don't know it's there. That's true. Right? I wasn't looking for it. 
So that was that. When we come back, we would do our, our, our post-game party over at B. Smith's house, mm-hmm. over at Byron. You know, God bless him. What a great guy. He had great time in the in, in Kankakee. Him, um, B. Fletcher. Yeah, um, Brian Urban, Fletcher. Scott Ur- Yeah, Scott man, we're Urban, saying a lot of names. Um, um, Joliet um, Volleyball. Was it softball? Or, I mean, not Joliet. Um, Kankakee Community College. Yeah, KCC. Um, the KCC basketball girls and the volleyball girls or and softball, softball. Girls? yeah yeah that little house down the hill yep <laughs> yes <laughs> behind court street yeah yeah <laughs> good times down there yes 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 what, Tuesday memories. Wednesday nights right yeah 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 then it was Thursday nights because then we would travel on Fridays <laughs> yeah. and everyone would sleep on the bus <laughs> be all half in the bag still yes. and then somehow we come out on Saturday Coach and we listen to this I don't know you'll probably hear it oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel guilty like dad heard it I just, 41 years old man I feel guilty <laughs> oh feel guilty God. like dad's hearing hey, this Coach Hanson it wasn't me it wasn't me, Coach Hanson. <laughs> Coach Hanson, he was the associate head coach. He was a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's got to The Danimal. His name was, we called him the Danimal, right? Yes. And he was this little tiny five foot eight, five. He probably hit me in the head if I said five eight, maybe five nine. We'll beautiful say five guy. nine. Beautiful family. But yeah, beautiful family. He, he's a pastor at um, Canton. Correct? I think it's Canton Nazarene Church. But Canton is Ohio. Oh, that's yeah, Ohio. Then. I think okay. so. And so, but he was a defensive coordinator coach linebackers mm-hmm. and he is one of the most beautiful pastors you can you can hear like he's got some videos on youtube and stuff that we saw through our alumni page okay our football alumni page but yeah so that's danimal so again sidetrack so we were we we went ways you had vacation lt you got lt and then you got tino tino is part two yes yeah, same person there's two different lifestyles okay um what can i start Start from the beginning. Um, like I say, um, so were you hustling in, in school? Were no, you? now I must say this um, for ones who's listening to all of it. I never ever sold not a bit of uh, narcotics on Olivet Nazarene yeah. grounds. Now, is narcotics uh, powder or is that green? Greens, green marijuana powder, um, heroin, um, cocaine. Yeah. Okay. Um, no illegal activities on their grounds. Okay, not a one, not a one, and that's I'm just got a truth. Not a one. Okay, but outside, like I said, um, I'm gonna take these off. Yeah, I'm hearing too much. I'm telling you, but is that, is that yeah, bizarre? Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> but so LT I, had the headphones on, and, and there's a lot of reverb. You can hear literally everything. everything. As soon as you hit the table, you can hear that. Oh, okay. You know, well, when you're wearing it, or you can hear the microphone thing. Yes, you ping it. You can hear it. So, yeah, like I said, outside of the grounds, you know, say I was who I was. But um, going to, um, during that time, just getting caught up in it, you know, it's, it's just like anything. If you don't have a control of a situation, it will get the best of you. No matter good or bad, it will get the best of you. So caught up, is that based off of... Uh what you were uh, caught up so you you, were, you weren't using no you weren't using you were just selling correct okay so caught up what i'm going to assume and, and correct me is that you were very profitable in your entrepreneurship of street pharmacy yes back then yes okay 23 yes. years old 22 years old yeah, 20 22 21 22 20 yeah because i called i went to jail at 23 years old 23 so 21 years mm-hmm. old you got a roll in your pocket mm-hmm and no one else has that. No. And you're able to to buy the finer things in life. Yeah, everybody, or, come on, let's go to lunch. Well, it, be, it was plenty of times, and I'm going to name drop. 
Um, Corey Alford, uh, one of my roommates. Corey's awesome, man. You see how big he is now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dude, you can play in the league right now. Man. Right now. Easily. He's uh, in his training videos. Him and, <laughs> him and one of his guys are like in the garage or in the basement, man, throwing up like 315. So Corey Alford, man, you're killing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Corey Alford, um, John Brown, another Jay outstanding Brown. guy. Yeah. Uh, me and him, um, he's like a little brother to me. Yeah. Tan Streeter. T Streeter. Um, I saw B- him last year. You roughed my daughter's basketball game. Yes. Um, B Fletch. Um, um, at the time, I was messing with um, Chrissy um, on Wetsu. Okay. She's married now. Um, also, I was messing with. Um, I'm going to um, grab this water, so keep cool. going. Um, Megan Owens. She's married now. Um, but it was plenty of times where, man, come on, let's go to dinner. They'd right. be like, man, I don't have money to go to dinner. I said, man, don't worry about it. Let's just go. So we'll just go. It might be the Applebee's. It might be the um, Boston yeah. Market. Yeah. Uh, it might be the the local. Uh, you remember the um, the ice cream place across the street? Um, Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Um, go to Dairy, walk over to Dairy Queen. But everyone was a family. Yeah, everybody was family. We're so family. it was like, okay, let's go. It's it's not like these people was hanging around me because we I were had money before people were yeah, saying fam. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I agree with that one hundred percent. So, like I say, it was just able to enjoy more of college life, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because you know, in being college, playing a sport in college, going to going to going to college on a um, academic. Uh, I mean, not an academic. Um, athletic. Athletic um, scholarship is yeah. a full-time job. Yes. I don't care what nobody says. Oh, you only going to play for three months? Out? No, this is a full-time job. Right. Full-time they can take job. it from you. Exactly. So you have to keep your grades. You have to stay mm-hmm. out of trouble. So plenty of times so you're going to miss the evening child hall because you got to stay back and what? Might have to run sprints. You right. might have to um, go write a paper that is due tomorrow. You might have to go watch film, you might have to yeah. go talk to the, whatever yeah. the case may be. So you might not always be able to make it to the child. Yeah. So guess what? You're going to be hungry. Right. So if you're not able to work and you don't have funds coming in, what, what you going to do? Right. So now that's why I say I was able to, uh, outside the box, be a blessing to my friends in college. And I had no problem. I had no problem with that. Yeah. So when you, were you going home? Or were you going back home? Cause yeah, I would go. Time, I would go home. I would go home. Like I said, if we had a home game Saturday, on Saturdays, I would be home easily and take a shower. I'd be home by six, seven o'clock that evening. So six, seven o'clock, because I'm I'm right here in Richmond Park, anywhere between 40 20, minutes. twenty to forty five minutes yeah. away. Man, as soon as I'm on on um, fifty seven heading north. I already have it in my mind for to go home and make some money. And you were working. You're already on the. You're already on the phone. Or yes, or I'm already. I'm already calling my people. Let me. I'm. On, I'm back in town. So yeah, there go. So that that that's what happened from let's say sophomore year, junior year, all the way up. No, I was no because I got you my car. That? I got my car freshman year. I got my car second um. Second um uh, um um semester when we came 90, back. Actually, ninety eight. Um, 98, yeah. Yeah, winter January 98. Yep, I had my car, a Regal Grand Sport, four-door. So to, if, to go a little bit farther back, how does one get involved in hustling, start doing a little little selling on the side? Um, how, how do you, how would that, how would that enter, how did that enter your life? I mean, you don't have to say, or, but if you can, if not, cool too, I get it. Um, Being around, well, okay, let's give you a little history of it. 
Well, I grew up in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Okay. I'm also known as Four Heights, Illinois right now. Um, I come from a lovely, outstanding, beautiful household. My mother was a working lady. My father also was a working man. Um, both of them was uh, separated, but my mom at the time, she lived in East Heights. Yeah. On the weekend and over the summer, I go live with my father in Richland Park. And back then, we talking about the mid-80s, early 90s, Richland Park was a beautiful community. Like, big difference night and day. I'm talking about, it seemed like, when you talking about the air, it seemed like it's a whole different sun. The sun looked different 20 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Heading west. Um, so, growing up in the, um, um, in the projects, um, 1051 Lesson Circle, um, growing up in the projects, um, I saw a lot. Um, now, in my household, I was just talking to a friend yesterday. I never experienced um, alcoholism or um, someone uh, taking part in um, um, getting high in front of the kids, whatever the case might be. I never went to bed um, hungry. I never went to bed or I never came in the house and had to cut on the lights, hit the light switch, and the lights was off. Mm-hmm. I never experienced none of that. Now, I did experience um, at an early age of 13 years old uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm able to talk about it now because I forgave the man. My mother, husband at the time, he almost killed him in front of me when I was really? 13 years old. So I did experience that. And you were a boy. You yeah, say was, a boy. And that, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like I said, I never, um, I guess it's some type of trauma growing up. I guess it's something. Is is it, it, it might be? Do you think you were more or less callous? Like you, that be, that was normal to you, what you saw, because you were young and you didn't know any better. Well, I, well, you talking about the domestic violence part well, well, or the drugs part? We'll say all of it. We'll, we'll just well, it all like together. I say. Well, like I say, the, the drug part, I never experienced that in my household. Yeah. I experienced it outside the household. I experienced it going to visit friends and their mom is sitting in the chair. She's intoxicated from partying too much or right. or we're, we're saying indulging too much or I experienced um, walking down the street and the guy didn't pay his debt back and he's getting both his jaws broke you know what I'm saying he's getting beat up on him because he didn't pay his debt back or uh, or uh, two guys are fighting for the last hit of the, um, of the pipe you know, so what they smoke crack cocaine with. So I experienced that outside of the household, but never inside my household. So now when I go to my father's house in Richland Park, Illinois at the time, we're talking about... Country club. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. situation. And, and you're, that, you're dead. Let me... Uh, we'll get... So we'll yeah, get I might get teary-eyed on this no, one. <laughs> and you should. And you should because... Yeah. Because Mr. Griffin was our... He was the super fan. He was a hype, he was our Olivet Nazarene hype man. Yes, and he was at every game. There, there was a core group of them that I saw. Mister Griffin was on the sideline. He was the only dad on the sideline behind the end zone. Behind the end zone. TT, go just, TT. Just hyping, yeah. hyping everyone <laughs> and hyping everything up, hyping the buses. I mean, he, wh- yes. wherever we were going, he was there. Yeah, he was the fan of fans. There's like six six dads. Okay. Mr. Griffin, mm-hmm. Mr. Urban, 
Wally Urban. Yes. Because he was driver. a bus driver, he was but he was also driver. Scott's dad. Is that true? But Wally Urban was at everything. It was mm-hmm. Wally. Everyone, I mean, Wally was part of the family. Yes. I remember Greg Reed's dad, Mr. Reed. God bless him. I believe he's in heaven as well. Okay. Kevin Hutchins' dad. Okay. He was there. And my dad, they would sit up the top. The big boss. Yeah. They would, <laughs> they would all sit up top. It would be Mr. Reed, Mr. Hutchins. And Kevin played defense. Mm-hmm. Kevin outside played defense linebacker, outside me. linebacker. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he had a lead head, yes. a flat out lead head. And you could hit him with a with a sledgehammer, and he'd still look at you like, "Why? What did you do? Yeah, wh- why? Why yeah, did you he do was, that?" Maybe been a little confused on <laughs> why did you use a sledgehammer? Why didn't you use something else? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Greg Reed mm. was a throwback, like a Steve McMichael type player. Where and he, he's one of your Andrew. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Andrew, and we mm-hmm. looked up to him our freshman year. He was a senior. When we were freshmen, he was an all-American high school player, a legit bad dude. Okay. Right? And I had the honor to play against him. And, and just it's awesome how the world comes about. Right. So th- those those were our extended family where I knew that, you know, your, your dad, Mr. Griffin, was always in the tunnel. He was, he was on the sideline. He'd be in the end zone. He was getting everyone fired up. He was a hype man. And I, and, I will, and I will say, not just because he's my father, I feel he's the best man that ever walked this earth. He cheered for everybody. Yes. For all of it. Yes. Everybody. I'm talking about from the kickoff team to the kickoff return. Hell, he even gave our um, our managers high fives. Eddie and Ed Boone. And Kenny, Ed and um, Ken Boone, two brothers. Yeah. Like, everybody was just... Everybody was a tiger. It wasn't no, yes. okay, you're on the scout team or you're on a practice. Or, I mean, not the um, scout team. No, oh, Okay, you didn't start, but you're a second or third screen. Yeah, or a red shirt. Or, or, everybody yeah. got the same respect. Everybody. Because everyone wore the same color. Yes. Yeah, yes. And it's something the world can learn today. Yeah. It's like the football. a football team is life's example. Yeah. That no matter what, we put on our helmets, we're still wearing purple and black. It doesn't true. matter where we come from. doesn't matter our socioeconomics, our demographics. As soon as we put on the football, we get on the football field, we put on our helmet and shoulder pads, no one gives two cares That's true. about anything. That's Are you going to produce for your brother to the left and their brother to the right? That's true. Yes. I'm no, getting teary out thinking about my father. Uh, you shouldn't have did that. No, I'm st- <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You should because he was a beautiful guy. Thank you. You know, and, and it's memories. I mean, 22 years later, man, 22 years later, I can hear him. I'm getting goosebumps. My hair is standing <laughs> up on my head. I'm looking I, at I can, it. I can hear him right now. Let's go, TJ. Let's go. I can go. hear him right now. Let's and, go. And it's insane. I mean, and, and to have that, you know, to have that is it's just a blessing. You know, I, I rough football now. Mm-hmm. I rough high school football. And I go to some of these games, these away games. You know how many parents are in the stands? I can only imagine. Handful. Before COVID. A handful. Yeah. Watch and not even watching their kids play. Yeah, on the, on the cell phone. I, yeah, they with their thumbs playing with their thumbs, mm-hmm. or they're just not there at all. They're not there at all. But your dad was there, even when you you're you're red shirt, you're freshman. Year. Mm-hmm. Still every game. That's he true. traveled to every game. That's true. We drove what, like eighteen hours out to Hastings, Nebraska. You remember that for <laughs> a first there. round game? He, he was, was there. there. <laughs> he was there. We chartered the planes. He, he was, was on the planes. <laughs> you know, he was everywhere. He, he was, he was everywhere. <laughs> it it, it was, was awesome. And you're so you were just so lucky. So so lucky. Thank you, thank you, man. He was a beautiful guy, and you got an angel looking out for you. Yes. Okay, so you would go to you would go to Richmond Park. Yeah, Richmond Park. You would leave Lexington Circle, the Circle. <clears throat> yeah, um, actually, I remember my address: forty two forty Whitehall Lane, Richmond okay. Park, Illinois. Hey, who's ever listening? Don't go knocking on the people's doors. All right, <laughs> we don't own that house anymore. All right. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, forty two forty Whitehall Lane. I go out there and it was just just peaceful. And what happened was, um, I transferred my sophomore year from Balloon Trail. Um, well, let me get a little history of football. <clears throat> my freshman year in high school, never played football before. Um, at the time, they had a um, called Glenwood Cougars or Colts or something like yep. that. Yep. And a lot of guys, well, a lot of, um, we'll say privileged kids that lived in Fort Heights would go play for Glenwood. And I always wanted to play. I had two friends by the name of Ryan and Brian Gibbs. Mm-hmm. I would go with them on Sundays and watch them play football, but I never played before. And uh, so my freshman year, I get to Blown Trail High School, and I have a coach by the name Coach Cole. Um, he's my freshman coach at the time. And he's like, man, you, you're you going to be the next Brian Young. I'm like, I don't know who the hell Brian Young is. Excuse my language. I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I never never heard of him. Right. And actually, Brian Young is all is, is a Hall of Famer now. Yeah. Um, 49ers, Super Bowl. I graduated from um, Notre defense Dame. Defensive tackle. Yeah, defensive tackle graduate from Notre Dame. And also graduated from Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, high school in Chicago, I still mm-hmm. So I was gonna be in comparison my freshman year. So as time go on, we're doing tour days. I was promoted to play junior junior varsity. I played all nine games of junior varsity. My sophomore year, sophomore year, I came in. Um, I played for a guy by the name of Tony Peterzak. Um, he was the head coach at the time at Blue and Trail High School. Now was it were they together? Because Bloom no, Trail not, now it's Bloom so, Township. Right, I'm giving you. The, I'm finna give you the okay. history. So at this time it's Bloom High School and I'm Bloom Trail High School. So my sophomore year, uh, I was blessed to play um, varsity. Started all nine games, middle linebacker. And I never forget. He told me, he said, "Listen, you're not playing offense." He had a Roski uh, voice. Griffin, you're not playing offense anymore. You're gonna play middle linebacker. And I'm like, okay. He said, "Listen." All you have to do is, when the ball is hiked, follow the fullback. If the fullback hit the A gap, that's what gap I want you to hit. If the fullback go out on a sweep, that's where I want you to go. If the fullback take two steps, then you drop back and get in your coverage and look for the ball to come across the middle. I remember just like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Basic football, one-on-one. So now, the referendum which is not going to get passed for the city of um, Four Heights, South Village, part of Linwood, and part of Stager for Bloom Trail High School, or the Bloom Township District. Let me say that. Sorry about that. So the referendum didn't get passed this, this final year of 1996. So No, my fault, of 1994. So 95-96 school year, that's when Bloom Trail High School which is located in, I guess that'll be Stager, Illinois, and Bloom High School, which is located in Chicago Heights. That's when they combine. So my father said, no, we're, we're, we're not going to put up with this because you have two, at the time, 6A schools combining. And 6A back in the 90s was the biggest yeah, the class biggest in high school football. For the state of Illinois, okay. yes, it was. So now he's like, no, you're moving out here with me. We're going to do whatever we need to do. You're going to come to Rich South Stars, where I meet Rich Murphy, who is my uh, football coach. And the crazy part about it, Rich Murphy was Tony Peterzak's assistant 
I forgot what school they was at, but they worked together. They're in the same coaching tree. Yes, 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 yes. So I go to Red South. New kid on the block. I go there. um, And Ron Zimmerman, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. But um, Ron Zimmerman and a guy by the name, uh, oh, my God. Ken Glancy. Kenny Glancy. Yeah. Yeah, because he went to Olivet with us. Is that true? Um, So Ron Zimmerman and Kenny Glancy was the um, two uh, linebackers at the time. Well, I was a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. You know, I'm kind of patting my back on this, patting myself on the back a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I, w- I was more, I, w- I would say, humbly, I say a little bit more athletic than Ron Zimmerman. More developed. Yes, more developed. So I took his spot. Well, the coach chose to have me play his spot. Let me say that. So me and Kenny Glance are in the middle. I'm Mike, he's Will. We'll switch up depending on what, you know what I'm saying, player it is, whatever the case may be. And we came the Oreos. You know what I'm saying? I was a black guy. He was a white guy. And we had fun in the middle. Yeah. Cracking heads. So with that, now I'm at Rich South High School. New kid on the block. Having fun. Um, senior year, I have my daughter. My first child, Kyla Simone Griffin, by, by a lovely lady by the name of Frida Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting recruited by some decent schools. Um, the um, uh, Indiana State. A lot of D1 AA schools. Yeah, so there would be FCS. Yes. Like the FCS of today, back yes. in the day, there was one AA. Exactly. And then you had uh, Division One single A, which was the big schools. Exactly. Your, your power conferences. Um, so um, getting recruited by a lot of NC, I mean, um, uh, Division One AA schools, but then all of that Nazarene come across. Um, it's anywhere between a half an hour, 45 minutes from my father's house. I have my first child. But a little side note, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to go to barber school, and we'll get into that later. And he's like, no, I never forget. And my mom, and I just want to show you, and I'm going to speak on this, is how, how, how the world was really divided back then. So I never forget, uh, 1997, no, yeah, 1996, December of 96. Mike Conway, Dan Hansen, myself, my mom, my father, and at the time, my father's wife, uh, Vita Malone Griffin. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Vita Malone Griffin, but I was saying a lady. We're sitting in my father's living room in Richmond Park. And my mom says, I don't want him to go to Olivet. I want him to go to a HBCU, historical black college. I mean, uh, historical black um, college. Well, HBCU, historical black. Um, it's on the top of my tongue. I can't even say it. Um, HBCU school. Okay. Anyway, I'll give you the definition later on. So my father says, at the time, he's um, he's second in command over the water department for the village of Matson. All right. Historically, black colleges and universities. Yes, there I go. That's what it is. I couldn't get off. Thank you. Um, so my mom, she's working for, uh, it was a hospital at the time called um, Olympia, Oscar, Apathic, and Olympia Fields before St. James got there. So she's over to Ashley, and she was second command of the building department. So 
both of them are used to being around whites. All right. So I never forget it's just like it was yesterday. My father says, Gail, where do you work at? He says this in front of Mike. We're having this conversation mm-hmm. in front of Mike Conway and Dan Hansen. And who could be two of the the, the most Christian, <laughs> outstanding, <laughs> God fearing men. Yes. Yeah. So my father says to, he said, Gail, because that was my mother's name. Where do you work at? She had she she had this look on her face like, huh? Why is you asking that dumb, excuse my language, dumbass question right now? He said, where do you work at? She said, you know, I work for the hospital. What part do you work in? She said, I work in the building department. He said, follow me. Where do I work at? She said, you work for the village of Madison. In what department? EPA, Department of Water. He says, what type of world we live in? I'm looking like, what, like, what is this conversation going to? Because we never had a conversation like this before. This one I knew my father was the smartest man in the world. And this right here. She said, what do you mean by that? She said, do we live in a white world or do we live in a black world? Now, man, we're talking about 90, 95, not, yeah, 95, December 95. It would be 90, 96. No, my father. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. December 96. And uh, she was like, we live in a white world. He said, well, if we live in a white world and I want my son to be successful in the white world, why would I send him to an all-black school? Why not send him to a school where he learned how to communicate with the white man? Mm-hmm. Why not send him to an all-white school where he learned how to conduct himself in a manner where they're not going to look down on him but they're going to look at him at an equal level for he can be successful, not just for him and for his grandkids as well. And I'm looking at him like, damn, that was powerful. But then at the time, I'm like, I don't even want to go to college. Right. I want to go to barber school. So, boom, we have my daughter, senior college, I mean, senior um, high school. Now I got to make a decision. Dan Hansen is calling me every other day off the record. Mm-hmm. Coach Conway is saying how great you're going to be. I can help you get to the next level if you just follow directions. All of it it is. Then they said we was going to play in this new stadium. <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> and the new stadium came in what, 2009? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to play in this new stadium. They had, like, beautiful paintings of <laughs> yeah, it and like all yeah. these grand... <laughs> Just like, man, this is coming. This is great. Yeah. The stadium is coming. Yeah. Is oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just don't TBA. worry about it. Yeah, it's TBA. coming. It's coming. It's coming. So we go to Olivet. So how so how I get caught up in that is at the same time that we're transitioning to go to Olivet, my first job is at Burger King. And uh, my father's probably turning over in heaven right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I was selling a little weed in high school. Nothing major, but selling a little weed. I never never smoked weed like that, but I'm selling a little weed in high school. So I'm like, I get caught. Make a long story short, he can't, he, he find the weed in the ceiling of our basement. And he's like, T.T., what the hell are you doing? The best and the worst excuse I can come up with is, I have a daughter that I have to support my daughter in Burger King. He's not paying me enough. He said, listen. I'm quite creative for <laughs> And it, it worked though. He said, I'm going to tell you this. Either you get that shit out of my house or you get out of my house. 
You know where it went, right? Right. Out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going out on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was, I'm not going to say I was always into illegal activities, but I was always around it. So um, a group of individuals um, that was um, getting money 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I'm um, Chicago Heights, um, by the way, at the Keyhole, I was part of that yeah. operation. Yeah. Um, I would come in and help you. You said, by the way, the Keyhole? Yeah, it's, all, it's also known as the Keyhole. What's that? Explain that. So from, from, from looking into it, it's one way in and come one way out. Right, circle. Right, it's like yeah. a like I a key, circle. Yeah, it's like yeah. a like a keyhole yes. circle. Yeah. So that's how it came up. And asked the guy by the name of uh, Leon Tanner, call him Lil C, came up with that name. As he he created that. I never name. I never heard of the keyhole, and I've been over there for calls like years ago when I was in law enforcement. Yeah, the, I uh, always knew the circle. I never heard of it. No, the circle keyhole. and the keyhole is two different locations. The circle is in Fort Heights. The right. Keyhole is in Chicago Heights on Wentworth. Okay. At the okay. end, at the top of Wentworth yes. Gardens. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yes. Now they talking about the keyhole is Clark Court. Um, I mean Mason Court. Okay. So it posed a gap move, but the original keyhole is the top of uh, Wentworth Gardens. Okay. So like I said, if you if you look at it, it look almost like a keyhole. You know right. the old school keyhole right. that had to have the oval then it come down yeah. skinny? That's how it look. Okay. Yes. So um yeah, like I say, um caught up, got caught up with the case with them. And um now Going back to what I'm saying, I'm on vacation. I'm 23 years old in federal prison. That was his first case? My first case ever. 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 Never been a juvenile. Never been a 26 in California. Okay. Never been to no um, uh, boot count. Um, zero. No corrective. Nothing. Zero criminal history points. And a side bargain. I have a social degree in social justice from Olivet Nazarene University. <laughs> so you went and ed- you went and educated. Yes, exactly. So ca- so catching a case, there's going to be some people that are listening to this and they don't know some some terms. Okay, no problem. So catching a case, what does that mean? So catching a case means that you have charged, you have well in a federal system, you're getting brought up on a complaint, meaning that. The um, the alphabet boys, either FBI, the DEA, ATF, um, IRS, postal, any federal, any uh, what what them what them agencies, them four main agencies, okay. some way somehow your name have came across their desk and they doing an investigation on you. They have grounds, go in front of a grand jury, be sworn in. Get a um, complaint signed um, by um, a federal um, judge to start an investigation on you. Okay. So it can be anything from um, pissing on a um, mailbox, stealing mail, to um, selling um, unauthorized drugs, to um, buying guns over state line, to lying on your taxes. so any type of federal law that you broke. You can break, yes. Okay. Um, so, yes, a um, complaint was filed against the organization. Okay. All right. And uh, so now I get, I get arrested on that. The organization is the group you're running with. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, um, I get arrested on that. And um, go in front of um, um, a master judge by the name of Bob Bobrick. That's his name. Bob Bobrick. Yes, that Two was first names. Exactly. <laughs> and um that was his um 
And let me show you how famous all of that Nazarene is. Um, my 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 um, lawyer at the time is Michael J. Faulkner, and I'm going up for bond court. And what type of bond do they put on you? Or, uh, or when you get arrested on the federal system, you, you get brought in. You get when you're detained. Mm-hmm. So it's is it same as like uh, a state? Like say you get a DUI and they just bring you into the station. How does how does that go about? Or do you oh, about? okay. So let, let me let me paint the picture. Uh, March fifth, two thousand two, which is a Tuesday morning. At the time, I'm working as a lab technician from University of Chicago Hospital in the sub basement. Uh, manager, her name was Lori Bird at the time. And um, this is a Tuesday morning. At the time, I had um, I had a dog by the name of Roscoe, a pit bull. And uh, he would get up in the morning sometime, wake up before me, and he would bark and let me know that he's ready to go out yeah. to use the bathroom. And it had snowed the night before that Monday night. And uh, he's barking. And I hit the wall. Like, hey, I'll let you out in a minute because I'm like, it's like, Five something in the morning, like you know what I'm saying, relax. He don't you know, I let him out anywhere between five forty five and six, but it's like five, five fifteen. Right. So I'm like, all right, just relax, I got you, I got you. So he started barking But little did I know that he was letting me know that somebody was outside. So at this time the agents are outside my door, about to kick the door in. But the agents call me. So I pick up the phone. Hello? And this one we have landlines, house phones. Yeah. Hello? Hey, LT, we need to talk to you. I'm like, no, they said, hey, LaVert Griff, we need to talk to you. I'm like, who is this? Uh, this is the um, DA. I hang up the phone. You thought someone was pulling one on you? Yeah, I'm like, get the hell out yeah. of here. So he called right back. Hey, LT, we need to talk to you. We need to talk to you about one of your co No, well, he didn't say co friend. I cannot say his name. Yeah, you no, know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. One of your co friend. A co friend is a guy, uh, is a person that is on the case with okay. you as well. But, you know, I just want to. I get it. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, huh? So I'm like, okay. First thing came to my mind, because at the time, this co friend, he liked to go to Vegas. Right. I'm thinking somebody, God forbid, kidnapped him or, you know, hold him for ransom or whatever case may be. Right. Or somebody, or somebody killed him. You know, I don't know. So I open up the door. When I open up the door, I'm still in my drawers. It's five o'clock in the morning. Freeze! No, I didn't know who's in the house with you. I'm like me. So I got my hands up. I'm standing there with my drawers up. I mean with my drawers with my hands up. And they like open the door. And I'm like, I'm I'm froze. I don't know what the hell to do. So I open up the door. I never get this guy about six, 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 seven. White guy with long well, did he have long I know his white guy, probably about six, 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 seven, three hundred. 300, 315. Look like a WWE wrestler. Yes. Yes. The Undertaker coming through. Where's the dog at? He had a big-ass long 357. And I'm saying to myself, you cannot shoot this dog in front of me. Whatever you do, do not yeah, shoot this dog me. in front of me. What, it, what you, you Like, yeah. it's going to be the end of it. You might as well shoot me, too. You can't shoot this dog in front of me. I just, just be easy. I say he's in the room. So I show him where the dog and he calmed down. Well, anyway, I get arrested, go down to the MCC. That's your best product correctional center. But prior to going there, you're going to go to the um, um, Thompson, um, uh, I mean, the Dirksen building. 
the federal um, building in, in Chicago. Um, 219 South Dearborn. I remember okay. that address. You're going to go there. That's where you're going to get arraigned at. So when you get arrested by the, by the federal um, um, agency, they take you downtown to 219 um, South Dearborn. That's the intake form on the 25th or 26th floor. Um, that's where you get your ideas taken, your fingertips, I mean, your um, fingerprint is taken. You go into the magistrate judge. They tell if you make bond. If you do, how much it is. If you don't make bond, you get ready to go across the street to 71 West Van Buren. And that's the holding facility, MCC Chicago, Metropolitan Correctional Center. A lot it's of a skyscraper. It's a skyscraper that's a, uh, a detention facility. Yes, a lot of people don't even know it. It's still to this day. People walk past that place five days out of the week and don't even know it's a federal institution. Because it's right in the middle of the loop. Yes. Right in the middle of the heart of Chicago. <laughs> yes, it is. A skyscraper. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's a detention facility for federal detainees. So I go in front of the judge. And um, so the prosecutor said, oh, yeah, he got caught with a 50 caliber handgun. Um, he's second in command on this drug operation. Um, he plays a supervisor role. And... They're trying to paint this picture like um El Chapo right hand man, all right? Right. That's how they're trying to paint right. this picture. So my my client say, uh, I mean my um lawyer Michael Falker, where you heard of my client? He's a uh, four time student at Olivet National University. He played football for them, and I'm looking at the judge. The judge is like literally, he have his glasses down on his nose and he's looking at at the paper. I don't even know what he's looking at. Well, Michael Faulkner says he's a student at Olivet Nazarene University. The guy look up. What's your name, sir? My name is LaVert Griffin. Now, man, I got arrested on a, a fake name, but that's a whole different conversation. I say, I say uh, LaVert Griffin. And what school you went to? I say Olivet Nazarene University. He say, uh, did you play any sports or anything down there? I say, I went there on a football scholarship. He said, oh. He says, what's the freshman dorm name? Wow. So he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna check you right there to see if this is a story. Right. And, and that's a good that's a good check too because no so, one would know that. So I'm like, the freshman dorm name is how? No, the freshman is. Well, you got the se- you got the the second page, Chapman. 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 Ch- Chapman Hall. Yes. And he's like. Fourth floor, man. That's yeah, where. Yeah, I was on the first floor. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got lucky. And we got stories about that. But anyway, so I, t- so I tell the guy, I say, yeah, Chapman. You know, at the time, I had just got, a, I was just in school a year before. Yeah. So I, at the yeah. time, I'm knowing what it was. And so I tell him. And he said, okay, $50,000 I bond. So and what's look, an I bond? Explain so, that. So I look at my lawyer. My lawyer looked my lawyer look at me like. You give me the thumbs up. So I bond is that they're gonna let you go to a person that's responsible for you. So at the time, my father was responsible for me. But it's almost like a credit. If I violate this bond in any way, my father will owe the federal government fifty thousand dollars in collateral. No matter what it is, it can be a, um, a, a house note, a house. A deed, it can car, be um, a, um, a D four hundred one k. Yeah. He, if I would have messed up while I was on bond, I would have had my father would owe them fifty thousand dollars. All right. So I get that story because Olivet Nazarene University. Who would have thought I would have made bond 
by letting this guy know that I stayed in Chapman Hall. And prior to that, if you remember the story, my father said, you need to go to Olivet National right. University. Or you would end up in the MCC sitting until the case is heard. Now, mind you, I didn't get sentenced. I was on bond for 19 months. 19 months. And in the federal system, that's, that's damn not heard of. If a person's on bond more than a year, the case is pretty much going to get thrown out. I was on, on bond for 19 months. Yes. And were they just looking to add to the file, look to the case to solidify the case to keep it sitting for that long? Yes, because, uh, well, in my situation, I play it out, meaning that I played guilty. I was right. Sure it is enough, what it is. It, sure enough, it's Friday night. We're sitting there having this outstanding conversation. <laughs> That's what it was. I'm not going to go to trial. I, I, Pay your penance. Hey, let's go. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to life. So I played out to 180 months, which is 15 years incarceration. Often 15 years with good time, I wind up doing 13 years total. And what do you mean by good time? Explain that. Um, in the federal system, I haven't caught, uh, kept up with it, but back then, uh, no matter what type of case it is, you do 87% of your time. 87%. So like in the state, you do 50%. Okay. But in the federal system, you do 87%. I believe they said it changed. But like I said, I, I don't keep up with right. that type of stuff anymore. When when Dad picked you up, mm-hmm. you and your dad were close. Very close. Very close. He had no clue. None. Zero. That's he, why I said in the beginning, living two lives. Dad picks you up, or you had to make that call to Dad. Mm-hmm. And Pops, hey, you got you to gotta grab me. How's, how does this happen? And give me brief. A brief what happens in the 19 months he picks you from the moment that you get an eye bond which is a gift mm-hmm. and, a and blessing a, a blessing <laughs> specifically and and i i do know being with the law background law enforcement background with uh, a federal case hit and they put that much on it mm-hmm. and they give you an eye bond mm-hmm. that is a blessing yes flat big out bless. blessing big blessing okay so um, then you so you give dad a call so now a little sidebar. My father at the time of me getting arrested is running for the trustee of Madison, Illinois. To a big suburb, big south suburb. So my father's name is L. T. Griffin Jr. My name is L. T. Griffin III. It hurt me so bad that I was the cause of my father had to step down for running for trustee for the village of Madison because me and him have the same name. He's a trustee. His son getting arrested for drug activity. And outside the box, the media would have killed that. Trustee's a public office, like an alderman or a councilman Mm -hmm. or towns, uh, a town council, whatever they would call it throughout. But he's running for public office in this community. Exactly, and and his son is taking part in destroying the community. How you? <laughs> my father is running to restore, or restore or build a community, and his son is out here participating in activity to destroy a community. How did that look? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's so it, it hurt me to know that he had to step down. Mm-hmm. Was something that he had anything to do with. Nothing whatsoever. 
and because of my ignorance and my 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 mistake, hell, we never know what that could have went to. They could have went to. Could have been the mayor. He could have been a senator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you, you never you, you never know. You you never yeah, yeah, hey, could have been the president. You, you, Who knows? You never you never yeah, know. Right? Yeah, you never know. So yeah, uh, my father come pick me up. I meet him downstairs across the street. I'm at the hot dog stand, and um, we ride the metro back home. Now, did you just tell him like, "Hey, I got picked up on a charge day"? Well, no, well, he knew because, like I said, at he the had time, to sign off on it. Yeah, he had to sign right, and so my lawyer car, um, contacted him and let him know, you know, it's going to be at court. But prior to this, we had talked, and the ride home was like, the ride home on the metro. I remember him putting his arms around me. And I just told a good friend to breathe. That's what he told me. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Just breathe. And uh, and a lot of times in life where something takes place, it's like lifting weights. Everybody want to lift weights, lift all the heavy weights. But you have to breathe. You have to breathe correctly. If you want to go run a marathon, you have to have your breathing. You just did the challenge. Right. Yeah. And you have to have your breathing. It's right? all breathing. All breathing. You're having your first child. You're about to panic and fall out. What's they tell you? Breathe. 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 <laughs> Breathe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, 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 if God forbid if a person fall out, what do they do? Open up their airway before they can what? Breathe. Breathe. And I'll never forget that riding the metro back home. He said, Breathe. Breathe, son. So we got home. You know what I'm saying? It was with us. We talked about it a little bit. But for the next, I would say the next 30 days, all I did was breathe. Because at the time while I was incarcerated, I had my third child by another um, outstanding lady, um, Latoya Beasley. I had my youngest daughter, Trinaya Mayel Griffin. So you had, so you, you got bonded out. You had one daughter. Yes. Okay, so. Dad bonded you out. You were at home for 19 months. Mm-hmm. And those 19 months were probably hard because you, you did not know. you the, f- the future was 100% uncertain. Yeah, because I'm not knowing if I'm going to cooperate with the government and plea out. Right. Or I'm going to go, or I'm going to fight the government and go to trial. Right. Because if I go to trial and lose, I can get life in prison. And what's life in Illinois? What, what would in, that in be? In prison? Yes. What is it like 60 years well, in Illinois, I, I can't speak on, but okay. life in federal prison is life. You're never, you're never Natural coming back. Is is it? You're never coming back home, unless you get a pardon or you get back in court and get your case overturned. Okay. Now, do that take place? Yes. Do 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 guys and girls get um, life sentences pardoned? Yes. But is it a lot of people still doing life in prison? Hell yes. Yes, so that nineteen months, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm drinking. Um, I'm not taking part in any um, weed or anything like that. But I'm stressing. I'm drinking. You're drinking your stresses away. Yeah, I'm just drinking my were pain. You working? Were you, were yeah, you? I was working at a place by the uh, name of Huck Fasteners. I was a shipping administrator. Um, all I did was data entry and work for um, um, Ford. So you you had income coming in, yes, mm-hmm. and you had a daughter at the time that was what two or four. Before, Before five? Uh, the time she was four. Four. 
Okay. Then I had my my uh, my daughter, no, my youngest daughter. She was born. She was a newborn. Okay. So yes. So I so I have the newborn. Like I say, she's born, and I really can't enjoy her because I'm stressed out. Right. Because I at the time made the decision to take part in some illegal activities that cost me, that could have cost me my life. So you're coming up on the 19th month. You got everything going through your head of what's happening. I'm sure you're already in, in discussions with the, the, the federal legal systems of how this is going to happen. I plead guilty. What do I get? Mm-hmm. It's all predetermined, right? Correct. It's all negotiated. Correct. I plead guilty. You're going to give me 15 years. Good time. I'll be able to get 13. Mm-hmm. Then you report. Is that how that works, or do you go in front of a judge, plead guilty, well, and then, like um, what you see on TV? Well, TV is, I would say, 50-50, depending on what movie you watch or okay. what TV show. So in this time, they revoked my bond uh, because some individual in my case did go to trial, and they lost in trial. So um, pretty much everybody, because I wasn't the only person that made bond. I want to say maybe six of us made bond. Give or take, I want to say six. So it was a pretty big case. Yeah, it was 26 of us. 26. And in uh, the federal terms, it's called a RICO. Yes. No, no, we didn't get RICO. No. No, we didn't. Thank God we didn't. We didn't get RICO. So RICO would be consist of uh, how the RICO term is, is that uh, continued criminal enterprise. So say, for example, if we were, this is a prime example. We did our time, got home, did 13 years. Everybody came back home. And say that a smart idea, we decided to go back out there and sell drugs again. We would get the RICO Act. Okay. Once we got caught again by the federal government. Because why? We continue to take part in criminal activity. But in our case, we just had a normal drug uh, drug just conspiracy. Yes, we just had a drug conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it was 26 of us. Um, all twenty six pretty much got found guilty or pled guilty. One of the one of the two. Uh, everybody um, at this time, when it's time to um, go, you know, sent to the big house, my bond is revoked, and I'm back in prison. I mean, well, I'm back into the holding facility, which is seventy one West Van Buren, MCC. Did, did you know at the time that uh, the individual lost? lost their case and that you were going to get revoked. Was that was that made clear to you prior that if uh, so-and-so loses case that we're going to revoke your bond? Did no. you know that? So this was a surprise. Right. So, um, so you really had no proper good, a goodbye send-off. I'll see you guys soon. There was no well, send-off. Well, so for example, let's just say today's date is what? Uh, the 8th, 15th? 16th. 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 So... So my lawyer called me up last week and said, hey, you got to turn yourself in July 16th. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Well, your co-defendants, they lost their case and everybody got to turn themselves in. I'm like, but how? You What you, what you mean? He said, man, this, this is bigger than me. I, I, I can't do anything about it. So me and one, two, three, four, five of us, we went to a guy by the name of Wayne Anderson, which was the Poseidon judge at the time. And we went to his courtroom individually. I said, hey, Mr. Addison, I got found gu- I mean, I pled guilty in this. My judge said I had to turn myself in today. I'm here to turn myself in. But 
I had no, I wasn't able to prepare for this. I have a, uh, at the time my daughter's one year so I have an apartment, I have a job, I need to let them know. Like, I, I, I just can't, can I have some extended time to get everything together? And he gave me 30 days. Wow. So 30 days from outside the box from today's date, I will have to turn myself in. Because you and were, that's you were counting, perfect, but, you, but leading up to those nine months, you had no blips. You play. You tell me you're pleading guilty. Mm-hmm. Everything is you're 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 going along. Exactly. Right? I, I, other ways of saying you're going along with it. Right. That I'm doing what I have to do for the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. What do I got to do? Exactly. And because you had those 19 months from time of detainment mm-hmm. to the time you went into the judge's office to to ask for just for some bonus bonus time out before mm-hmm. I report, he knew that everything you did, you're a man of your word. Right. And in today's time, that's almost unheard of, but you're a man of your word, and he's said yes. You got Correct. 30 days to get things lined up. Correct, and that's what took place. So um, July, I mean, it was January. Wow, <laughs> this is amazing. January 22nd, 2004, which was a Friday. I had a report to 71 West, I mean, to 219 South Dearborn to turn myself in. Wow, you now know we, what? We're gonna we're gonna pause it right there, okay? Because I'm gonna we're gonna go to our next. This could be multiple parts. We've been talking. Guess how long we've been talking for? Probably 45 minutes. Oh, man, we're at an hour, an hour seven right now. Wow. Okay. So we're gonna bring this into a second second podcast. Uh, guys, tune back in once the second one drops, and we're gonna get into when you report, and we're gonna s- share the story from there. Okay. Well, that's a wrap with episode one of Breathe Before the Storm, the story of L.T. Griffin. Thank you so much for tuning into the Inspirate podcast. I hope you were encouraged, inspired, and motivated listening to the first part of L.T.'s story of what he had to go through and what he will be going through in part two and part three. Continue to like us, follow us, and subscribe us on your podcast players, as well as Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to the Inspirate Podcast. Hope you guys have a good week. We will talk to you on Monday.